0: chapter number 8 of andiron tales by john bangs this librivox recording is in the public domain on the trolley cloud as i stated at the end of the last chapter the travelers tom and his companions encountered upon the trolley cloud were a wonderful lot in the first place the whole situation was strange here was in fact a perfect car made of what at a distance looked to be nothing but a fleecy bit of vapor it had seats and signs indeed the advertising signs alone were enough to occupy the mind of any person seeing them for the first time to the exclusion of all else what with the big painted placard at the end saying for polar bears go to arctics fifty-seven varieties no home complete without them another showing a picture of potted town in which all the inhabitants lived on canned food and things that came in jars reading this is the famous potted town where everything is done up brown we live on lobsters tinned and beans and freshly caught and oiled sardines on ham and eggs done up in jars and caramels that come in bars come by a lot in potted town and join the throngs we do up brown a corner lot for fifty cents a bargain that is just immense an inner lot for forty-nine for residence is just divine if in a year you do not find that we are suited to your mind we'll give you fifteen cents in gold and take back all the lots we've sold if when in other lands you go you'll recommend so polio who on earth wants a polar bear at home ejaculated tom as he read the first i do growled a deep bass voice at his side and the little traveller, turning to see who it was that had spoken, was surprised and really startled to find himself seated next to a shaggy-coated beast of that precise kind. "'I do,' repeated the polar bear. "'And if anybody says I don't, I'll chew him up.' And then he opened his mouth and glared at Tom as if to warn the young man from pursuing the subject further. "'So would I,' put in Ridy. "'So would I if all the polar bears were like you.' the bear was apparently pleased by the compliment and with a satisfied wink at righty folded his forelegs over his chest and went to sleep i think i'll buy one of those lots in potted town said a kangaroo who sat opposite to tom you couldn't raise the money growled a flamingo who sat at the far end of the car thirty cents is your measure let him alone flammy said an ostrich who was crowded uncomfortably in between the kangaroo and an old gentleman with one eye and a green beard who tom learned later was a leading citizen of saturn he can't help if he's poor thank you mr ostrich said the kangaroo with a sob i was very much hurt by the flamingo's remark i have nineteen thousand six hundred and twenty-seven children and it keeps me jumping all the time to support them i apologize said the flamingo my observations were most unjust you do not look like thirty cents at all as i perceive at second glance as i look at you more closely you look like a dollar thirty-nine marked down to seventy-two but why don't you get up and give the lady your seat is there a lady on the car who wants it asked the kangaroo standing up and peering anxiously about him no of course not said the flamingo but what difference does that make A true gentleman is polite, whether there are ladies present or not. The polar bear opened his eyes and, leaning forward, glared at the flamingo. You don't seem to be over-anxious about yourself, he growled. Why don't you give up your seat to the imaginary lady? Because, Mr. Bear, the flamingo returned, it would not be polite. The seat I occupy is extremely uncomfortable, thanks to the crowding of the hippopotamus on my left and the indulgence in peanuts of the monkey on my right. By sitting down where I am, I am making a personal sacrifice. There will be a free fight in a minute, said the poker, anxiously. I think we'd better get out. You won't do anything of the sort, said the conductor. Nobody leaves this car until we get there. Get where? demanded the poker. Anywhere, returned the conductor. Fares, please. But we've all paid, said the flamingo. Somebody hasn't, replied the conductor. There are twenty-two on this car, and I've collected only twenty-one fares. I don't know who is the deadhead. Therefore, you must all pay. It is better that there should be twenty-one lawsuits for a total damage of a dollar twenty-five. Then that this company should lose a nickel. Juries disagree. Fares, please. I decline to pay a second time, cried the monkey. And I, and I came from all parts of the car, from Lefty and Righty, from Tom, the Flamingo, the Hippopotamus, and Polar Bear. Very well, said the conductor calmly. I don't care. It isn't my money that's lost. But I'll tell you one thing. This car doesn't stop until you've all paid up. What? cried the Polar Bear. I want to get off at the toboggan slide. So do I, so do I, cried everybody. No doubt, said the conductor, but that's your business, not mine. Double your speed, Mody, he added, calling forward to the motor man. These people want to get off. Of course, gentlemen and fellow beasts, he continued. I can't keep you from getting off. But this car is traveling at the rate of four miles a minute. And if you try it, you do so at your own risk. Fares, please. It's an outrage, said the flamingo. I'm going to jump, said the kangaroo. I think we'd better sit still, Tom, whispered righty. "'It could be smithereens if we tried to get off the car going at this rate.' "'Don't mind me,' said Tom. "'I'm having a bully time. "'This is quite as good fun as oscillating, I guess.' "'Excuse me, sir,' said the conductor, in reply to the kangaroo, "'but I must ask your name and address. "'I cannot prevent you from jumping, "'but I'm required by the rules of the company "'to find out all about you before letting you commit suicide.' we need the information in case your heirs sue the company married yes said the kangaroo sixteen times any children queried the conductor i have already said so sobbed the kangaroo nineteen thousand six hundred twenty-seven of them boys or girls asked the conductor kindly neither replied the kangaroo what cried the conductor kangaroos every one of them sobbed the unhappy passenger oh i see said the conductor what is your business jumping replied the kangaroo business address demanded the conductor number twenty eight australia was the reply home address questioned the conductor number thirty seven melbourne said the kangaroo melbourne is in australia you know he added made your will put in the conductor suddenly what has that got to do with it cried the kangaroo angrily but with a nervous start. We cannot permit you to jump unless you've made a will, said the conductor politely. You see, when you jump, you leave the car, and we don't know whom you leave the car to until we have read your will. You might leave it to Tom or to Righty, or to the Poetic Poker, or to old Shaggy over there, pointing to the Polar Bear. Inasmuch as it's our car, we have a right to know to whom you leave it, i guess i'll stay where i am said the kangaroo meekly very much overcome by the conductor's logic that's the answer returned the conductor you seem to be a very sensible sort of kangaroo fair please and the kangaroo diving down into his pocket produced a five-cent piece which he handed over to the conductor without further comment anybody else think of jumping off asked the conductor pleasantly turning about and glancing over the other occupants of the car i might said the monkey placidly oh indeed said the conductor walking along the car to where the monkey sat you might think of jumping off eh yes said the monkey do you know where you would land yes said the monkey where demanded the conductor on my feet said the monkey where else the conductor was apparently much put out you're pretty smart aren't you he said no said the monkey i'm only plain smart i'm not pretty everybody's talking about you i presume sneered the conductor not yet but they will be returned the monkey with a grin when demanded the conductor when my tale is published retorted the monkey with a grin Humph, jeered the conductor great tale that no said the monkey not very great but it has a swing about it say interrupted the hippopotamus i've got an idea Somebody hasn't paid his fare, eh? That's the point, said the conductor. And unless he owns up, we've all got to go on in this car forever? You have, replied the conductor firmly. Well, let's be sensible about it, said the hippopotamus. We're all honest, at least I am, and I've paid once. And I admit riding cheap, considering my weight, but who hasn't paid? Tom, did you pay? I paid for our whole party, put in Whitey. Good, said the hippopotamus. Did you pay, Monk? yes i did said the monkey i paid for me and polar bear good said the hippopotamus has the flamingo paid i gave him a promissory note for my fare said the flamingo good said the hippopotamus and now for the main question conductor have you paid your fare i cried the conductor yes you roared the hippopotamus have you paid your fare but the conductor began i won't but returned the hippo i'm a hippopotamus i am not a goat have you paid your fare of course i haven't returned the conductor because that's it returned the hippopotamus that's the whole point he's the one that's shy and because we won't consent to pay his fare out of our own pockets he's going to hold us up i move we squash him but i say roared the conductor oh pay your fare and shut up growled the polar bear you begin the row what's the use hear him quoting my poem whispered the poker to tom i've taken his number said the flamingo it's eight billion and seven he's trying to beat his way pay up pay up came from all parts of the car and before he knew it tom found himself in the midst of an angry group surrounding the conductor insisting that he should pay his fare who are you that you should ride free demanded the flamingo the idea of servants of the company having greater privileges than the patrons of the road if you don't pay up right away roared the polar bear i'll squeeze you to death and i'll sit on you put in the hippopotamus i haven't the money cried the conductor now thoroughly frightened borrow it from the company said the polar bear and ring it up this the conductor did and a moment later having reached the station rang the bell and the car stopped all out he cried and the whole party descended who paid his fare anyhow asked the flamingo i didn't said the monkey no more did i said the hippopotamus the kangaroo did though didn't you kangy only once said the kangaroo and that was the second time let's get away from this crowd said the bellows they're not honest right you are said the polar bear they're a very bad lot come along let's get aboard this toboggan and leave em behind whereupon tom and his companions accompanied by the polar bear stepped aboard the waiting off-cycle and were soon speeding down the upper incline of the crescent moon. End of chapter 8